words on water. Element 6 is a global leader in the design, development, and production of synthetic diamond materials and is part of the De Beers Group. Since 1959, their focus has been on engineering the diamond synthesis process to enable innovative synthetic diamond solutions for a range of applications, including machining, optics, and wastewater management, to mention just a few. As well as being the planet's hardest material, Diamond's extreme and diverse properties give it high tensile strength, chemical inertness, broad optical transmission, and very high thermal conductivity, making it an ideal candidate to solve a wide range of technical challenges. Learn more at www.e6.com. Hi, welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. I am very excited for this episode today. I'm joined uh, by uh, Hossein Zarin. He is head of water at Element 6. And I'm also joined by Tim Mullert. He is principal application engineer at Element 6. And let me tell you, Element 6 is a global leader in the design, development, and production of synthetic diamond and tungsten carbide and is part of the De Beers Group. They are here today to discuss how industrial synthetic diamonds are used to treat, to treat industrial wastewater. So this is a really new interesting topic for us on the podcast. Hossein, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Travis, for having us. Absolutely. And Tim, thanks for joining as well. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So, I, like I said, uh, I've talked about, I think this is very interesting for the audience. It's a totally new topic, the idea of taking synthetic diamonds to treat water. Before we dive into how that works, could you just explain what a synthetic diamond is? Well, the difference between synthetic diamond and gem diamonds in general is that the a synthetic diamond is man-made. It's made in a, with equipment, whether it's high temperature, high pressure, or chemical vapor deposition, it is man-made. So when I first told my wife, I'm working with diamond to um, treat wastewater, <laughs> She said, I want a ring with a diamond. <laughs> and I showed her the diamond that we're using. She said, no, 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 no. I don't want this. I want the real one. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you're still, yeah, I, th I think as, you, as soon as you hear diamond, you're, you know, every everyone's ears uh, kind of perk up for sure. Um, that's, a, that's a great story. Um, so some can, people may know the uh, use of diamond in abrasive, um, you know, in, for cutting and drilling, but uh, we use the diamond in a different way, and we manufacture it in a different way, which we can uh, we will elaborate on that later on, and uh, use the diamond for different applications. Sure. As as far as wastewater treatment, how can synthetic diamonds be used in that in wastewater treatment, and what type of pollutants can they treat? Well, some industrial wastewater. They contain toxic chemicals that can poison biological processes. 
Advanced oxidation processes can treat these wastewaters. While the material science and electrochemistry behind this process is pretty complex, in its simplest form, we use electrical current to remove dissolved organic pollutants. This process is called electrochemical advanced oxidation, and the electrodes are made of diamond. This is where the diamond comes in, okay? And in this process, there's no need for uh, additional chemicals or high temperature, high pressure, or complex multi-stage processes. It is a simple oxidation technology that can oxidize the pollutants and uh, break them apart, basically. And it can be integrated in existing or new wastewater treatment plants. And I, b I believe this is really has applications in, in industrial wastewater settings. Is that right? Yeah. Tim? Yeah, perhaps I can add in there. I mean, as a society, we generate a lot of, of complex compounds these days, which are often designed deliberately to be resistant to digestion uh, and environmental degradation. And some of those uh, are known to become what's called persistent organic pollutants or POPs. And in fact, I think in 2001, there was a, the, you know, the Dirty Dozen um, was, was named in the Stockholm Convention on, on these. Um, I'm left wondering how many times I can mention the bad old movies in the podcast. But um, anyway, the, <laughs> the Dirty Dozen were, were kind of were, were, um, were, um, you know, were found and it's things like, like PCBs. And it's easy to demonize some of these, you know, things like um, D, uh, uh, DDT, you know, people are trying to eliminate those in the environment and, and, and using those. But, um, but many, you know, but new ones keep being found and added. So I think one that concerns the water industry these days, PFOS, or the kind of precursors behind the production of uh, many fluorocarbons, that they're, they're now on that on that Stockholm uh, protocol. And really, the thing is, um, and then many other things are stable enough to actually uh, you know, resist digestion and bioaccumulate in the environment. And it's things like painkillers. I believe ibuprofen is now considered, a, you know, so widespread it, is its production and its use that, that, that it finds its way into the water streams. Mm -hmm. so these, these kind of pops, they're, they're, they're difficult. They're, they're what's called recalcitrant dissolved organics, you know, and they're, they're really designed to persist in the water. And they're not broken down by conventional um, digestive water treatments. And what you need is you need a powerful oxidant such as the hydroxyl radical. Uh, and that breaks down these all these aromatic rings, these benzene rings, these phenol compounds, and it turns them just back into carbon dioxide. And in the wastewater world, the, these these kind of a high hydroxyl radical processes, they're, they're known as advanced oxidation. And, and as, as I Sane said earlier, the key thing about synthetic diamond is is they enable a, a really simple electrochemical advanced oxidation process, and uh, and that's what that's what can be built. So, it, what types of industries are most common for using this technology for using the synthetic diamonds in treatment? Where where is this finding its kind of uh, you know niche? So, people who are looking for a compact turnkey uh, for uh, in-house treatment of low volume um, toxic effluents can uh, can benefit from this uh, uh, Dimox technology. Um, this includes pharmaceutical plants, textile plants, chemical plants, and small refineries. 
also multinational companies who want to apply universal best practice across multiple manufacturing sites, uh, they can use this. For example, wastewater from pharmaceutical uh, manufacturing sites often contain active pharmaceutical ingredients, as uh, Tim mentioned, and uh, they need to be removed before they are released. And they can benefit from this technology because it breaks up the molecules. Another example is the spent caustic from small refineries. You know, this is uh, really toxic material. They typically have high COD and contain mm -hmm. chemicals that they are hazardous, inhibitory, or birefractory. And electro-oxidation processes can significantly reduce the COD and eliminate toxicity. One more example is removal, the removal of dyes. Uh, from textile plants. Synthetic dyes have certain properties by design. They want it to be uh, chemical resistant, they want it to be bacteria resistant, and they want it to be light resistant, so they don't fade or they don't uh, change color during the life of the textile. And these uh, pose a double jeopardy to to the environment because they have aesthetic and toxicology uh, problem. You probably have seen the blue dog um, mm. <laughs> on the internet <laughs> and uh, blue rivers, red rivers and green rivers. Those are the type of uh, effluents that uh, can benefit from our technology. V very interesting. Um, I'm curious about how you make uh, the conductive diamond. How, how does that happen? All right, well, um, I can perhaps answer this one. So, so um, industrial diamond has been around for about 70 years. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, it, and, it, and it's used for cutting, grinding, polishing, as, as Hussain mentions earlier. And, and the main way that it's manufactured is, is um, is this high temperature, high pressure process, which if you like mimics the, the conditions of the deep earth, you have to go about a hundred miles down. Um, and essentially that's, that's what's normally made. But um, there's a lesser known method of making synthetic diamond, which is much more akin to kind of semiconductor manufacturing processes, which is called chemical vapor deposition or, or CVD. And what you do with that is, is you take methane um, and you take the carbon from methane and then uh, you, you grow diamond sheets you know low pressure using a plasma uh, that first of all strips the the uh, the carbon from the from the hydrogen and then uses that hydrogen to stabilize an atom by atom layer by layer growth of a diamond crystal and uh, that's been perfected over the last sort of 30 or so years and to such a point now where we can actually grow those thin layers up into a into a into a piece of diamond and then a, on a, if you grow it on a sacrificial substrate you can remove the substrate and you leave behind uh the layer of diamond that can be you know it can be almost six inches in diameter and it can be you know a few millimeters thick uh so you know you can certainly make sort of sheets of the stuff and you can you can knock it around and, and use it and then of course this is where sort of diamond gets gets interesting is, is that semiconductor process that you know di diamond it like silicon it's it's a semiconductor and we can dope it by substituting one of the carbon atoms while we're growing 
with boron, we can actually make it into a, into a, into a, a metal-like conductor material. And it retains all of those properties of, uh, of diamond it's hard and it's chemically inert. And so that's what enables us to use it to, uh, to generate the, the hydroxyl radical on a, on a surface because it's simply, um, it's simply inert enough that, you, that, um, that when you split up water, uh, the, rather than forming oxygen straight away, the, the, you, you actually form the hydroxyl radical first. And then rather than eat, digest the metal substrate, if you like, underneath, the diamond, uh, the, uh, uh, that hydroxyl radical sits on the surface for long enough uh, for a molecule to pass over the surface of the electrode and be oxidized by it. So it's kind of a, um, and that's what, how we actually a, a, a exploiting a semiconductor process, if you like, to make a synthetic diamond material uh, that's used for treating wastewater. Just some incredible deep chemistry at work here is incredible stuff. Um, yeah. Why, Hossein, you mentioned some of the industries that are using this type of technology, using synthetic diamonds in water treatment. Why, why aren't more uh, industries or opting for this type of technology? Well, uh, Travis, uh, everybody is cost conscious. <laughs> and biological processes is certainly the inexpensive process if you can use another technology such as uh, biological pools you wouldn't use this technology unless you know you want to you have space problem and you want something compact which we we can offer that but when when the fluid contains toxic or biological uh, or refractory molecules the, uh, these biological pools or processes cannot be used. That's when we come into place, okay? In, in many situations, a combination of uh, both electro-oxidation and biological process may be the most cost-effective process. We knock it down uh, far enough that uh, you can then fit it into the biological pool. Um, we, we also are attractive to companies that they want, uh, as I said, a small footprint with low order, low noise. When this unit is on, there is no noise. It's like a light bulb. You turn it on, it oxidizes <laughs> the, the water and you can turn it off. And it's really that simple uh, in, in practice. And the, Plus, it's very stable and uh, it's a stability in mineralizing effluents and denaturing compounds in solution. This opens up uh, potential for water reuse or recycle. So um, people who want to uh, take the effluent out, but it's toxic enough, you cannot reuse it. We can take that toxicity out, those organic uh, uh, compounds out and then uh, they can reuse it. Yeah. Travis, I'll, I'll just add as well that I, I think something we've learned, we, we were lucky enough to be on the innovation stand at WEFTEC, I think in 2017. And so to the water industry, I think we, we learned then um, with many of the, of, the, of, the, of the groups that were there, we're very new technology in terms of the water industry. 
So um, we are still on the learning curve um, or, you know, or the early adoption phase um, with the technology. And as the saying says, we have identified some real niches. And one of the great things about coming to WefTech has been the last few years that we've been able to build on some relationship and develop uh, um, and, and work with partners who have developed unique treatment technology that, that, that does fill these, these niches that, 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 that are there. And also perhaps we're seeing that maybe uh, you're going to see some regulations and stuff come into place. I think people are now really keen uh, to, uh, to do that. And certainly say you know, we come from, from Element 6, we're, we're part of a large multinational and, and we know that our company is keen to drive unilateral standards across all of its operations across the globe. And so you yeah. are seeing um, large companies now um, uh, push to perhaps perhaps uh, this technology is now coming of age and yeah. uh, you'll see companies start to adopt it and, and roll it out across across a multitude of sites because it, it is this flexible small footprint technology. Well, it, it's great to hear that you've had that type of engagement at WefTech. That's what that uh, big event is designed to do, is provide that interaction and learning. Um, how? Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask about is how potential customers could test this technology and see if it would work in their, you know, in their setting. How can they learn about, uh, you know, and evaluate your technology? Well, um, our system is very scalable based on the area of diamond that we use and the current. You can scale it up or down. So we have three different sizes of uh, reactors, uh, lab laboratory size, um, pilot size and production. And most of our customers, they start with the lab size. They, they do the feasibility and treatability study first. And then uh, they make a pilot plan. And from pilot plan to production is very simple because it is a modular system. You just add more modules next to each other, whether you want two, four or six or five, whatever number of, uh, based on the volume, uh, flow rate and uh, uh, contamination level, we can size the system. It's very linear. Um, in terms of how they can test it, we do have systems for rental. We uh, encourage our customers to use their own uh, lab because everybody has different analytical uh, needs and they know what they want and from there they can uh, move up. If there is an end user who cannot do the testing, uh, we do have partners who we work with and they have testing facility as long as you know they're willing to work with them uh, towards a production size. Okay. Well, we know how fast technology is changing and how quickly science is advancing. Um, you all are on the cutting edge of all of that. Where where do you see things going potentially in the future? How how could you see this technology evolving and and improving? Um, I. Some may say the future is here now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it sounds like it in some ways when you're describing yeah. this. I mean, to, to someone like me, it's amazing. So we use electricity to to do the treatment. And if we can get the uh, electricity from uh, solar panels or wind uh, uh, generators, 
they um, then the process is very green. It's it is a sustainable process. Uh, if you don't have to purchase the, uh, the electricity from uh, electrical plants and uh, that they use coal or fossil fuel. Mm. So it, that that's how I see it's being used. But right now, uh, our first application really uh, uh, was in sanitization. Ozone, um, when it's used for electrolysis of water, it preferentially makes uh, ozone. Mm. So when you use diamond electrodes, you can make ozone generators and you can make miniature um, ozone generators. One of our customers has integrated this into a sanitizing spray bottle that turns regular water into ozonated water that is a very powerful sanitizing. And in this climate, you know how important that is. And you can actually buy the ozone spray bottle on Amazon today. <laughs> And, wow! Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's a very interesting product uh, for our customer and for us. We are we are very happy to be a part of that uh, uh, product development. Yeah, I I can add that. Obviously, I'm looking a little bit at WebTech at the moment, and I I I do see a lot about the trend towards online instrumentation and continuous monitoring, uh, and and you know centralized data management, and obviously. I, I wonder whether there's an ability to combine some of that 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 technology that's 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 being developed now with kind of turnkey processes that you turn on and off uh, to treat a point source of a, of a, of a recalcitrant effluent. Now you can imagine that it's quite a um, you know, if the system can truly become online, this this kind of technology lends itself to that because it's push button. It doesn't involve uh, you know uh, complex processes or. Or, or chemical dosing, and then as, as Sane said, you know, in these pandemic time, times, it's it's often overlooked that that uh, advanced oxidation processes are very good at sanitization and sterilization, and and you know perhaps we'll see something emerge that 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 that, that uses this technology in that direction rather mm. than in the direction of water treatment, whether it's looking to produce um, sanitizing capability and capacity. And again, that's something um, that really reflects the times we're in right now. Yeah, very fascinating stuff for sure. Uh, Tim and Hossein, I appreciate your time uh, and this information um, so much. Uh, and yeah, very, very illuminating and uh, appreciate it and look forward to folks uh, seeing you all as part of WefTech. Thank you very much for having us and it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you very much, Travis. I, I agree. It's been really great. Words on water.